Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Well, Patrick. Andy. It's the start of a new episode. Yeah. I welcome you back. I <laughs> I um, look upon you with... with uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this sentence. I look upon you with... <laughs> Uh, with with great disdain. With, <laughs> sure. <laughs> with great I feel, disdain. I feel very welcome. I feel very welcome, Andy. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I have a fortune cookie. Should we open the fortune cookie together? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> did you did you have package of it? Did you have Chinese for lunch, Patrick? Is that why you have a I fortune had, cookie? I mean, you could say it's Chinese. It's Panda Express. That's Chinese. That's American Chinese, but it's it's Chinese. Yeah. I mean, I had orange chicken that was invented in Hawaii or something, right? Was it? So it's not. I don't know. Orange chicken's not really Chinese, right? No. It, I mean, it, it probably isn't. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it doesn't say Chinese like on their thing, on their logo. It's Panda Express Chinese Kitchen. So it doesn't say like Chinese food. See, I think there's like a little. Hmm. Something there, right? I, I don't know. Anyway, let's open this fortune cookie up. Should I put it on the mic? Here, I'll put it on the mic. <laughs> do you think, do, should I eat it before I read it? Is that part of the thing or do I, can I just read it? I think you read it first and then you eat it. Okay. Financial success is inevitable in your future. Dang. That's great news. That's a big one. That's a really big one. Now you have to eat the whole thing or else it's not going to happen. Is there a time frame I got to eat this thing? (laughs) It's like we're recording the podcast. (laughs) I don't want to be like chomping on it. Yeah. I I don't know. It has to be fresh at least. So I think after the the pod, you can, you can gobble it down. Okay. I'll take care of it. I'm going to, do I have tape? Ah, Here's my tape. I'm going to tape it on my monitor. Just so I know that it is in my future. Yeah, and it didn't have any stipulations to that. Like, it's inevitable. Like, you don't have to do anything. You could just sit around and just just do nothing, Patrick, and you're going to have financial success. It sounds like a good plan. I mean, they didn't exactly define what financial success means. Like, you could make $1, and that's financial success, potentially. <laughs> so... It's um, true. Just having money could be a success at this point. Yes. <laughs> just being like, hey, we have money to buy groceries. That's a success. Yeah. Or it, it could even maybe be defined as like your financial success is um, some bank allowed you to take out a checking account, even though you have horrible credit, <laughs> you have no credit. Like you have your financial success is like somebody entrusted you to spend their money that you have to pay back eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's more likely the case. <laughs> you you can take out this like crazy, horrible like APR you know percent credit card out. Mm-hmm. That's financial success. What was your credit score when you got married? When I got married, what was your well? What was your credit score when you were single, like out there on your own? Um, that's a really good question. I I hadn't really I didn't really have much of a credit score. I think so. It was probably pretty low. Um, mm-hmm. I could not tell you what my credit score was back then. 
<laughs> but I'm, I'm sure like, because like I hadn't really been using any credit, you know, I wasn't making payments on anything. It was like, whatever it is when you start, <laughs> do you start with a really low score, Patrick and work your way up? Or do you start like with a, a normal score and then you go down? I don't really know how it works. I don't know how I would assume you start somewhere in the middle. Okay. What would that, but I, but, I, but you, to have a credit score, you have to have credit, right? Like you have to, so like you got you got to you got to get some, like you got to go out and buy a mountain bike or something on 90 day same as cash. Yeah. Like and then boom, then you get a little bit of credit, right? And then it's like okay, but but it can't be bad. Like at that point it can't be bad, right? Because you just don't have enough, right? I guess. To really judge. So they're kind of like, "Uh, he can't have a 700 credit score mm-hmm. cuz he only bought a bike, but he can't have a 300 credit score because we don't know if he's bad at it yet." Yeah, so maybe you start so at like five. Be somewhere in the middle. Maybe somewhere like that. Yeah. <laughs> is your is your credit score significantly improved since you've been married? Uh, yes, uh, my credit score has improved a lot. I've been careful. Um, I haven't been opening too many, you know, fortune cookies and taking their advice. So I have pretty good credit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, when I met my wife, she had a very good credit score. Like people would give her money for no reason at all. Ooh. Yeah. Like so good. And then she married me <laughs> and suckered into that. I had like a, like I had a, like, like I had the kind of credit score to buy a car. I would have to go to like low book sales just to get anybody to even talk to me. Right. Okay. Like I'd have to go. I'd have to go over there where they're like, no credit, no problem. I'd have to go to one of those places mm-hmm. to talk to me. Right. That's how bad my credit score. I, I rented some furniture when I was single, <laughs> and never paid the bills. You know, like that's what renting what is, the, right? I don't know what a. Yeah. You're just borrowing <laughs> it, like, and you're gonna give it back. Yeah, I'm gonna return it. It's not a big deal. I got sent to collections a few times. Okay. So that. Yeah. Just so you know, pro tip, if you get sent to collections, that ruins your your credit score. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this yet. Yeah, that's that's something I've heard before. Um Yeah, so when I'm when when we got married, I think I probably had like a 50. Hmm. If that's I, I don't think that's possible, but That's pretty wow. It's whatever it's whatever zero credit would 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 be. And then uh now my credit score is uh financial success. Oh, and sweet. Yep. Well, many years, many years later. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, uh, now they think, now they think, you know, I'm, I'm just as worthy as my wife to give money to. That's great, Patrick. That's really good to hear. You've, you know, you've, you had, you followed your American dream. You know, you went for that. And I I think it's married up. You married up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's. Like we all do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Financial success inevitable in your future. Panda <laughs> Express. You know, in terms of success, Patrick, I, I have a question I want to ask you. Um, I don't really know if this really goes along with the terms of success, but I have a question I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was the best possible segue, it's a good segue. I could come yeah. up with. Um, so... <laughs> Um, we're, we're in December now, Patrick, it's, you know, it's the holiday season. Um, and as part of this holiday season, I have been watching a lot of Christmas movies and television shows. 
um, you know, with my children, all that sort of stuff. And there's a common theme with a lot of these shows. There's something, it's always the same thing that happens with a lot of them, not everyone, but there's a lot of them where, um, there's an individual, um, who's, you know, the protagonist of the show and, oh no, something horrible has happened to Christmas and they have the opportunity to save Christmas. Um, lots of different ways this could happen. All of the toys, you know, get messed up or something, or all, all the kids are naughty or something. Um, there, there's a lot of ways that people, basically there's every year there's a new way to save Christmas, right? So my question, Patrick, um, and I, I want you to be totally honest with me um, with this. Have you ever had the opportunity to save Christmas before? Um, every year. What? Every year? Don't we save Christmas every year? I, I didn't know you could save Christmas every year. That's amazing. I think we do it every year because if we don't, if we don't do it, then Christmas dies. Really? Right? Well, I've never thought about it that way before. <laughs> if you don't do it, Christmas dies. But I mean, that was a bad way to answer your question. I mean, it dies. But, it, but, it dies in your house, right? But does it die everywhere else in the world? No, but I think collectively, collectively, we all have to participate, right? Otherwise, it will die. That's true. I think. Hmm. Okay. Isn't that the whole point? Like, if you watch, if you watch the greatest Christmas story of all time, Elf. Mm-hmm. It's the Christmas spirit at the end. That's what saves it. Is getting people to believe in Christmas. It's not like Elf saved it. It's not like Jovi saved it. It's not like the dad saved it. It's everyone saved collectively. They came together, inspired each other. The spirit of Christmas re-energized the sleigh, and it took off. And Christmas was saved. Hmm. But those it's a collective effort. That's that was a collective effort for the group of people that were singing right by Times, not Times Square, by <laughs> Central Park, right? It was those people that saved Christmas because no, no, no. they were singing and started to believe, wasn't it? No. No? You watched the show. Like, they got the reporter out there, and they're broadcasting what's happening at that event. Okay. And everybody at home, obviously everybody at home is watching the event, right? Local news, obviously. mind you, Patrick. Local news. <laughs> This is it not... wasn't New York. I mean, come on. Like, that's pretty much everyone. Do you do you watch local New York news, Patrick? Do you have access to local New yeah, York news? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> New York news is way better than uh, the local Utah news. The local Utah news is a shit show. I, well, it all come is. On. All of it is. But I, I don't know if you're telling the truth, Patrick. <laughs> those people, those people saved Christmas together. But they saved Christmas for everybody. I don't think people in Africa were tuning into local New York news going, well, there's a guy in Central Park, you know, wearing a Christmas suit. And now I believe it was it was I think because I've seen that movie many times as well. I think it was really those people that were singing that, you know, there were people watching TV and singing. I, you know, you see that as it kind of goes to all those people, um, the biker gang, you know, in the, the bar <laughs> There's like a little girl singing at her house. Yes, yeah, in a home. She was like like three people. There's some people at the office of the the book publishing office that you know his dad works at. Yeah, I think those people saved Christmas, Patrick. I don't but think 
Andy, it's it not. They every... couldn't. They couldn't possibly show everyone in the world doing that. It'd, it'd be like a four-hour, six-hour movie at that point. <laughs> they weren't watching it though. They just got to give you a swath and be, and and then you assume you're like, okay, everybody, everybody's watching it. This is everybody's in on this. Really? Right. That's what they were trying to tell you. It was like, see the little girl in the apartment, blah blah. blah. Just like all the other little girls in the apartment are watching this. <laughs> All the bars are watching this right now. Yeah. And they all started singing. <laughs> I've never saved Christmas. Thank I've you. I it from not dying. Okay. That's fair. You've never officially saved Christmas. You've never had an experience that we could put into a, a TV show episode or a movie where you specifically did something to help Santa out, right? No, nope, never. It's okay. never happened. Okay. That's that's what I really wanted to know from all this. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting. I mean, I like your idea of keeping it alive by still doing it. I think that makes sense. Um, but yeah, what I was what I was coming up with is I I I've had a great career, Patrick. You know, I, I think I've been very blessed to be um, to be able to be a UX designer. I've worked at awesome companies, worked with amazing people. Um, so I'm, I'm saying this from a very privileged, you know, point of view. Mm-hmm. But I've never been able to save Christmas. Still hasn't happened yet. So I'm still hoping out for that. Yeah. But it, it could happen. But I think you should look at it. I think you should look at it and say that you, all that work that you put into your UX career, every day that you sit at your desk mm-hmm. and your hands bleed because they're chapped from, Moving your mouse around so much frantically, <laughs> right? Yeah. Your fingers hurt from typing on a keyboard. Your eyes are swollen from staring at a screen. All that work that you put in every year is saving Christmas. Is it it's a really? long term thing. No yeah. way. How is that saving Christmas? Yeah. Because you if you don't do that, then you don't provide Christmas. If people don't work, you don't provide Christmas. It's not like it's not like it's just gonna happen. Like you've got, you've got to put the work into. It. You've got to hang the decorations. You've got to take your kids over to Santa so that they can tell them what they want. You've got to, you've got to be involved as a parent, as a human being. You've got to be involved in the Christmas spirit to make it happen. You have to believe. If you don't, it's not going to happen. All right, all right, Patrick. So yeah, I, I, it's your, it's your hard work that's doing it. Okay. Okay. So don't don't discount your hard work. <laughs> when you look at your blisters, the blisters on your fingers tonight. <laughs> I'm holding up my hands when right you, now. When you look at your calluses from shoveling all day long. Yeah. <laughs> um, just remember, that's what saves Christmas. All right. So so what it's you're not, saying is, what you're saying is, <laughs> what I'm coming from, where I'm like, there's this one thing I can do. You know, I could use my skills to help Santa out one night, you know, and you're saying that it's not really about that. It's not looking for freelance opportunities to help Santa out. You know, it's it's really about having Christmas spirit. I'm, I'm learning a lot, Patrick. I'm coming. I'm coming into this. I had no idea. Um, yeah. You're going to say that. So I think this is really great. So you have the Christmas spirit if you, you do what you're supposed to do. To you know, participate in this this holiday season, um, then you're saying I mean, that I'm saving Christmas. 
this I didn't really save Christmas this time, but there was that time at Christmas at the company Christmas party where terrorists attacked the building. <laughs> I had to run across some glass. I had to do a bunch of stuff to defeat the terrorists from blowing up the building in the Christmas party uh-huh. and taking hostages. All that kind of stuff. That it's not technically saving Christmas. Maybe saving Christmas for those people. <laughs> but uh Yeah. But yeah, I mean it was it was it was a rough night. I still have scars on my feet. Yeah. That's I imagine you do. And your your tank top didn't turn out too super well, did it? Either. No, like it no, ruined it was your all tank sweaty top. and dirty, yeah. You got some blood I on take it. Take it off a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. That's That was a tough one. That must have been hard. But I think That was that was harder than when I was at the airport in Washington DC at Christmas time. And terrorists took over the airport <laughs> at Christmas time, and that that was a little bit. I mean, those you can't really say that I saved Christmas either. But that one, <laughs> okay. I would say that's pretty close. That's a lot more than I've done. <laughs> like when I was considering like saving Christmas, I was thinking like maybe I'm doing like some freelance work for Santa, like like his naughty and nice list. You know, that's a digital list, right, Patrick? I'm sure like better be now yeah it better be in 2020 you know i'm sure like his filtering i don't know how good his ux elves do you think are. he's using yeah what is he using is he using notion is he using trello yeah exactly you know uh, he better not be using evernote that'd be oh, nobody's getting presents if he's using evernote <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that, that would be rough because he'd he'd pull it up on his phone he'd pull it up on his laptop and he'd go to pull it up on his ipad and then oh you, you hit your, your three device limit. Anyway. Yeah, three device limit. Christmas is canceled, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and he's like, I can't remember my password. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. Three device. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's using Notion, he hasn't even created the list yet. He's just like, what do I do? <laughs> what button do I click on? Where do I go? It says people keep telling me I can create a to-do list on here. Where? How? <laughs> like, where do I go? Yeah, he doesn't know those those hotkeys yet. <laughs> yeah. He obviously can't use Monday.com because Christmas isn't always on Monday. So that's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Trello, his background has to be the worst background ever, right? Yeah, it'll be a, a really busy background of, you know, all of his elves, you know, smiling and stuff, and he won't be able to concentrate. Yeah. It'll be cookies in the background. He won't be able to concentrate. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, man, cookies. Yeah. And then be like, way behind his backlog is huge. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's going to be rough. So if mm. if Santa, if you're listening and you need some UX help, I think I can help. If you're listening and you need um, somebody to fight terrorists, I think Patrick can help. <laughs> he won't be able to wear a wife beater this time because it's been it's been th- through the ringer. Yeah, but I think well, it's been a few years too. I don't know. I don't know if it'll fit anymore. <laughs> okay, you're not buying new ones. <laughs> I don't have the I don't have the physique to pull off a, a tank top. Anymore. All right. Well, if, if anyone is listening and they need to figure out what to get Patrick for Christmas, um, figure out what his size is, and then you can get him a tank top. 
so we can fight some more terrorists. What if, okay, what if you were, let's, let's do this because as a topic, as I design, I like this design much topic, Christmas. <laughs> I like what we're talking about, but I, I think you hinted on something with Santa's naughty list and how he operates. Yeah. If you were, if Santa hired you to be a UX designer, like what is the first thing you would do, Andy, to improve his overall productivity? Well, as a designer, Patrick, <laughs> the first thing I think I would do is I would try to understand what Santa's current process is. I would interview him. I would interview his elves. I would interview Mrs. Claus. Try to understand, you know, what is what is the, the journey that Santa goes through to from getting those presents, getting those lists of, you know, the kids are like, here's what I want for Christmas those elves are creating those items and or purchasing them on Best Buy, you know, shipping to the North Pole, all that sort of stuff. And then um, those items are being sent to the many children and, you know, people across the world. Um, what does that process look like? And I would, I'd probably start by, you know, doing that interview, doing that discovery session and create a jury map for Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> said it's gonna be like bro I, why did i hire you i don't know he might appreciate journey, it journey map i think he'd like it i think he would he's got plenty of time between january and november yeah right yeah i so think, I, think so. I think he's i think he's cool with it i think i think i would i would uh try to understand the magic first oh okay you know, I think I'd, I'd kind of lean in on the magic and be like, okay, how does, how does the magic work? Like, you know, it's kind of like technically how does software work? Like, how does it, you know, how does it work? So I can understand sort of the tools I'm dealing with, you know? All right. Nice. Yeah. I think I kind of lean in on that a little bit too. Yeah. And, and then I think, I think me and you would make a great team to go up here, to go up to the North Pole. I said up here, uh, we're not in the North Pole. No, we're not. Yeah. To make that Just clear. To clarify that with everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think we'd make a good team because I, I, you'd focus in on the, uh, you know, understanding how people operate, how they work, what the system is, creating that journey map of, of the beginning to the, you know, sliding down the chimney. Mm -hmm. And then I could come in kind of more as the, the UI type person and be like, okay, how does it work? Nice. Like when you slide down the chimney, like the questions, the questions <laughs> I have for Santa as a UX designer are the same questions that any child would have for Santa Claus. I would come in and my first question would be like, never had a chimney in my entire life. How did you get the presents in my house? Yeah. Did you burgle my house? Like, what, what did you do? <laughs> and did you use magic? And how does that magic work? Mm -hmm. Right? Because if you're on my roof and you realize I don't have a chimney and you can snap your fingers and you're inside my house now, why didn't you just snap your fingers in the North Pole and avoid the entire sleigh ride altogether? <laughs> right? I would want to understand those questions. Yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, Santa's plot holes. Um, he might not want to get into that too much. You don't want to anger Santa, but I see yeah, what yeah. you mean. But but if you but if but as a designer and him being the key stakeholder, along with millions of children around the world, like we would need to if we wanted to improve his process, we would need to understand. 
yeah. the technical side mm-hmm. of how things operate. You have to right? understand those technical limitations. Um, technical being magical limitations, right, Patrick? Because there has to be some, right? Yeah. It's not just a free-for-all because that's just crazy talk. Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, you can't logistically. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's almost impossible. I, I mean, we could kind of say like Jeff Bezos is kind of Santa Claus now. <laughs> Just because, like, he's developed a logistic system yeah. that, like, delivers stuff to our houses all the time. So, like, who's to say that it's not logistically possible? I mean, he's proven that it is logistically possible. Yeah, that's true. Deliver that many packages. Mm-hmm. Now, all in one night, and, you know, that's a little trickier, but. Yeah, I mean, across the world, too. It's not just one yeah, night to one world. person. It's not, you know, same day shipping for one person like Bezos yeah. has figured out. It's the entire world. So I think Santa still has a leg up on, you know, uh, the, the tech industry <clears throat> figuring that out. But, yeah, I think those would be interesting things to figure out. Well, and, and one critical thing from a design standpoint that I think as designers, if we were working with Santa Claus, if he was our client and we were trying to improve the, the user experience, trying to, trying to do something, whatever the goal would be, mm-hmm. we'd always have to keep in mind that regardless of what the productivity goal that we're trying to solve is, We'd always have to keep in mind that he has to be he has to be not seen that night too, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't interrupt that. Just like any other customers that we that we deal with on a regular basis. There's always something about those customers that we need to consider that's not just productivity, that's not just design related, right? It's like, okay, well, how do we do this? Oh, but there's a little there's a little hiccup. I can't be seen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can only be seen at the mall for an entire month before the event, but the event itself, <laughs> I cannot be seen. This is true. And I think so I have to do it stealthily and quietly. <laughs> and I think this maps very well um, to allow UX designers to understand this better. We were talking earlier about the magical and or technical limitations. Um, I think this would apply to the business limitations, Patrick. Um, mm-hmm. So as part of his, you know, his industry, he cannot be seen. He, um, he has to keep that magic and the, the mystery alive um, to keep that magic alive, right? So It's part of the brand, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's definitely part of those, those business limitations that we have to consider as his designers. <laughs> that would, it would be really interesting, though, to like... That would be kind of a fun project. Yeah. To be like a UX designer for Christmas. Because it's already, like, there's a lot of it already that's traditional and stuff. But, like, how would you how would you go about improving productivity of of the elf workshop or, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Like, that could, that could be an interesting, it could be interesting. Because you could bring up stuff like, okay, Santa, Slay, like, are you, are you opposed to going with a different form of transportation here or thinking outside the box? <laughs> You know, are you opposed to using, you know, mechanical robots, electronic robots to do all of the delivery rather than <laughs> rather than you doing it yourself? Now, that's going to go back into the brand issue of like, I got to be a part of it because I have to do it, mm-hmm. but I can't be seen. Right. Yeah. And the UX mind is going to be like, well, you could just stay at the North Pole and we can handle it for you. Yes. And there's a lot of interesting things here that we want to just that we want to kind of take. I want to take apart here because um, there's 
there's all these limitations and I think it's even more constrained being that it's Christmas because there's a lot of magic to it. And I'm going to cite an example um, coming from um, a documentary film that came out, I think it was a year ago, it was last year on Disney Plus. It's a film called Noel. I don't know if you've seen this one, Patrick. Yeah. Um, Anna Kendrick, I believe. A good documentary. And in that one, there was a really, I'm going to potentially spoil a little bit of this um but it's it's a year old so it's okay so in this one there is an, an individual um so santa's having a rough time you know the new santa in training and you know he basically takes a vacation without letting anybody know so everyone's freaking out and in the meantime his cousin which is the next in line santa um decides to take over and his cousin previously worked for the tech department and he starts to implement all these crazy changes. And these are like technological changes. He's like, we're, we don't really need to, you know, use reindeer in a sleigh, like what you're talking about. We can just ship this stuff out and we can use an algorithm to know if the kids are being naughty or nice. And Ooh, yes, um, as every movie ends <laughs> up being, um, this turns out to be not super great because the algorithm is starting to show that every kid is naughty <laughs> in, you know, in the whole world. Um, because kids do naughty things all the time, right? And so um, somebody, of course, has to jump in and save Christmas. So there's there's a lot of things that we have to consider, Patrick, as UX designers, specifically talking about these constraints, because if we start to implement some processes that we think might make Christmas more efficient, at the same time, it might actually break Christmas. It might, at the same time, break the magic of Christmas as well. So Christmas could maybe function really well, but if robots are carrying presents to you in the middle of the night, that might be very alarming and very scary, (laughs) you know? So um, I think there's a lot of interesting things we have to consider as designers for Santa as we are trying to tackle these problems. Yeah. I like how how they scientifically analyzed the naughty nice list and realized that all children are naughty. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like... We could have told, we could have, anybody could have said that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Santa doesn't care. He obviously doesn't care. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I, I personally haven't heard of a kid getting coal in a very long time. Don't tell that to my kids. But I think Santa is pretty lenient these days. Yeah. I I got coal once when I was a child. <laughs> you did. Do you, um, can you, can you reference specifically what you think you might have done to receive coal that year? I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard. It's a long time ago. Um, I couldn't pinpoint one event, right? <laughs> okay. No, no. It's probably you, hundreds of events. You didn't set the house on fire or anything that year? No, nothing that bad. You okay. Know? <laughs> but uh, I got coal as a joke once when I was a kid, yes. Nice. That would have been... And it wasn't, it wasn't a funny joke. <laughs> You, know? you didn't you didn't find that hilarious as a kid. No, nah, I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> if we had a if we had a coal burning stove or something, maybe, but <laughs> it wasn't even charcoal. I couldn't even take it back out. It was just coal. <laughs> Straight coal, huh? What am I gonna do? Go out? I can't barbecue with that. Yeah. I, I mean, you can like you can like write on a piece of paper with coal, right? You can just like find a fine point, and just like draw a picture. Yeah, just like chalk. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's about Maybe that's what I should have done with it. That's all you could do with it, probably. Create a masterpiece <laughs> out of your pain. <laughs> You're right, though. You're right, though. And to spin this back into design, I think that's part of the that's part of the whole process that I think we have to 
we have to fight with or are not necessarily fight with, but technology can serve its purpose, but technology can be used to make things too utilitarian, to make things too efficient, to make things too whatever. Yeah. And then you lose, you lose the personality of the product. You lose whatever, like that just kind of goes away and they don't have that. That that goes back to the brand, right? Mm -hmm. The, The brand issue. I think you see this simplistically. You see this in UI design where applications um, are generally more designed to be utilitarian than they are to be nice looking, right? Yeah. Or to be to be pleasurable to look at or enjoyable to use. They're generally like they're generally like designed to be efficient because those are the metrics that we can calculate. Those are the things that we can build technology off of, mm-hmm. right? Those are the things that we can prove. That's that's always been one thing too. Is like if you go back to like this like what what does santa use? santa can't use an nps right he can't he's obviously not doing it. i've never got a survey from santa that said like are you satisfied with your packages yeah or anything like <laughs> that you know i've never gotten any data back <clears throat> that's very true so i think i think we our industry the tech industry and the, the ux design industry is so focused on uh data-driven technology that we lose as we lose a lot of the essence of design and a lot of the essence of the experience, Mm -hmm. which is, should be part of our job. I mean, user experience, right? Like it should be everything, you know, but like, I think it's driven by, so it's driven. I mean, a lot of it's driven by, you know, financial means and capitalism and all that kind of stuff. A lot of us work in VC firms and we have to prove a metric to, to make sure the investment, the investors, think they're you know getting their money's worth out of the company or whatever but like um we we have to collect all that data we have to the data has to drive some element of it but i think it drives i think it drives a lot of design aesthetic out of products yeah no i think that's and true. sort of made and sort of made products like not, not like products aren't unique anymore you know there's not really like you don't really see unique products that much anymore yeah. Um, another thing that's really interesting about that is um, not only is there the efficiency that takes that, that, you know, as we try to be more efficient, it takes that out of it, you know, that 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 good experience. I think kind of bringing this back to Christmas a little bit, um, the, the reason why we keep doing Christmas, at least this is my opinion, is the magic of Christmas. And it's like the feeling you get when you give a gift to somebody and you see them open it and they're like, whoa, this is the best thing, you know. Um, you get a really good feeling about that. Um, the feelings that you had when you were a kid, um, th- those nostalgic feelings of Christmas, um, that's what you want to bring to your kids as well. It's this, this experience, which is the biggest part. Um, and as we, we, we you know, try to go back into the design world, as we try to design things um, to, be, to allow our users to be very efficient and we take that, you know, good, those UI elements out of it, the, the, the brand, the personality that you're talking about, I think that kind of takes out the magic. I think a, a good experience and having like a good personality in your product is what equates to Christmas's magic. It's um, why I keep using this product versus a different product. Um, this one, I can be efficient. You know, I, I can get my job done, you know, do the job in the product, right? But if I can do the job as well as have like a good feeling about that product, 
that is the the experience that is the magic that you get out of it and that's i think the most like that's a successful product if it's like it's got the efficiency in terms of its job to be done as well as its magic then that's like the thing that i'm going to keep going to i'm going to keep staying in um versus something that's it's more stale, but it lets me do my job or something that's, you know, horribly designed <laughs> in both ways. So I think that's that's why we keep doing Christmas. That's why we keep Christmas alive every year. And I think that's why um, we also need to strive to do the same thing as designers in our products as well. What was the last, the last product, the last digital product that you used that you felt that like you, you, you downloaded it, whatever, and you opened it up and used it and were like, you felt that same like connection. Yeah. I feel like one that I go to a lot, um, I always have this um, on my phone, even though I don't need it. Um, I use Waze. Um, it's a navigation app. It's a maps app. I think it's they're owned by, yeah. by um, Google or ABC, whatever they're called. And... I also have Google Maps, <laughs> which I, I, I mainly use when I like really need to get somewhere and I don't want to get lost. Um, but I use Waze all the time as well. I don't need to have it on my phone, but I do like have that. I've had that experience, like the way it, the way I interact with it and the way it moves and the way it looks. Um, that's like an app that um, I think spoke to me well. Like I just really liked the way it works. Um, so that's something like I always have on my phone, even though I don't need it. And I, I do use it on occasion, but not all the time. So it's just like, that's, that's definitely one that, that did resonate with me and had that like, like whimsical and kind of magical experience, you know, to allow me to get from one place to another. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I used the original Instagram, Hmm. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Like even even from a UI standpoint, I just love that, like, the 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 focus, the 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 attention to detail on the design, was so well done, and like that like the post button was right there by your thumb. It was like, it was like the first, it was like the first real application I saw that was, outside of like using the, iOS system or using the Android system that was like kind of like its own thing, right? Hmm. It's like this cool app and. Like it had the cool logo with the end, like the the nostalgic camera in it, and it was really purposeful. It was like this is what it's for, man. It's to like post cool pictures and like look at cool pictures and see what you can do with the filters. Like it was fun and it was cool, right? And I still, I think, I think that same feeling I still have for Instagram, even though it's like a complete, you know, circus now and like doesn't do any, like it, it's just not even that anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like I, I have that same level of excitement when I use it almost like and kind of for the same reason, but kind of for different reasons now. Like obviously now it's just memes, right? That's all I look at it for anymore. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, I still like I still like I'm nostalgic for that old like that old like sense of like that was a really cool thing. That was a really cool thing to have on my phone. And, and prior to that, I think a lot of stuff that was on my phone at least was productivity related. Okay. You know, it was a lot of like get your work done type things and like mileage trackers and 
really, really like utilitarian type things. Mm -hmm. That was the first one where I really felt like this was like a complete, this is a toy on my phone. (laughs) Like this is just a cool thing on my phone. A toy on my phone. I don't know. That's awesome. And I, and I just, I can't, I still can't get into the interface as much as I could back then, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was just so cool back then. It just had so much. And I kind of, I kind of miss that in the design world now where everything's just sort of like, everything's data driven everything's you know so based on that and everything's so utilitarian that i feel like we're we've lost we've lost the personality and in, in what design is like I'd, I'd really like to see people truly bring skeuomorphism back and truly bring some of that back and not not have it be in a way of like a throwback but like bring it back into to 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 be like this is this was a this was was not like a fun like you wouldn't say like using an app is like a fun experience necessarily, but like <clears throat> an enjoyable experience, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's where, that's where I think like Don Norman, you know, from a UX standpoint, from a design leader standpoint, is like the only one that really gets it in my mind because like his whole thing was all about the experience and what you were talking about. Like the, the, like when you brought, when you brought an Apple computer home, like when my like even when my dad bought the the Apple IIc and brought it home it was a totally different experience hmm. it was it was a it was a magical experience to take that thing out of the box yeah like it, the way the way they packaged it the way they the way they advertised it the way they did everything was a magical experience it was it was it was like it wasn't like a normal it wasn't like the normal computer you know and then, like, years later, after we had the 2C for a while, it's like, years after that, we go and we get, like, a Dell computer, and it was like, <laughs> go to Circuit City, and it's like, there's a black box, and then you buy it, and then you gotta put it all together, and it's like, it's like you know, it just, it didn't have the same magic to it, yeah. you know, as it, as that Apple, like, taking, taking, the, taking that little Mac out, that little Macintosh out of the box, was just such a cool experience. You know, not only did you pay a lot of money for it, so you wanted it to be cool, but like you pulled it out of the box and set it on your desk and you're like, oh, it's so cool. This is so cool. And then you flip it on and you got the interface and, you know, it's not like, I don't know, it was just like, it is a magical experience from that standpoint. And I feel like that's sort of like still part of what Apple's success is, is there's still a magical element of their experience mm-hmm. that you don't get with other products. From from an unboxing to a marketing to uh, you like using it, like there's definitely more power powerful phones and more powerful computers than what's sitting on my desk right now. But I wouldn't trade these guys in for the world, right? Like, it's just it's a weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you have that you have that experience, and it's more based on the holistic experience. It's not based on data. It's not based on how fast it can go. It's not based on you know, anything like that. It's based on what it is and how it interacts with you. Yeah. I think it's a cool, I think, I don't know. I, I reflect on that a lot. Like those experiences of opening those Apple computers up when I was a kid and being like, that's just cool. You know, it's just, it's giddy and cool. Yes. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I can, I can definitely relate with that, um, with the many Apple products that I own. Um, and that experience, again, talking about this, that experience and that magic is what keeps you going that what keeps you getting their next product. Cause you want to continue that when, when you realize, okay, I need a new computer. <laughs> I could get the Dell in that black box. Um, I, or I could have that magic experience again, um, where it's luxurious. It's something that's very well thought out in basically every aspect of that product. And so like, yeah, yeah, I think that's something that we definitely need to consider um, bringing the magic back into design, Patrick. Man, I just remember shopping for a computer with my wife a long time ago. Gonna buy it, we're gonna get, she was gonna get a laptop. And I was really trying to talk her into buying an Apple. This was right when they put apples in Best Buys, right? Oh, nice. It's like, so they had their little booth, you know, there and everything. So I'm like trying to talk to her, like get, getting that Apple, right? It's more reliable. It's this, it's that, whatever. Looks cooler, whatever. And she's like, but it's so much more expensive. And then we wound up, you know, walking all over Best Buy that evening. And then finally wound up getting like a Sony, right? Hmm. I think it was a Sony Vio. So we pick up, we, we, we go, yeah, we want that Sony Vio or whatever. And then the guy's like, okay, let's go buy it. So we go to the cashier and we purchase it. And then the guy's like, okay, um, we got to set it up though. Like, do you, we got to remove all the Sony crap off of it, (laughs) all the adware crap off of it. Mm -hmm. We got to put all the virus software on it. We have to do all that kind of stuff. So we're going to leave it here with the geek squad overnight. You can come pick it up tomorrow. Wow. And it was such a letdown. It was like, it was like, really? Like if I bought a, if I bought an Apple, I could take that thing home and it'd be glorious right now. Yeah, no, exactly. And and there's something about that unboxing experience. When I when I get like a new device, um, like a new electronic thing, I like to go alone and just like open that up and see what it's like. And like I like to like there's like there's like a ceremony with opening that up. And I think that experience that you're talking about, where they just go home, you have to leave it there for them to fix it up, and then you have to come back and pick it up to have it ready for you. That completely deflates yeah. that whole experience. Yeah, the Christmas spirit. Yeah, you got it, Andy. <laughs> exactly. You get it in your products. Yeah. We just need to make more products that that have the Christmas spirit. That's yeah. what I'm gonna do. That's right. That's a. I'm gonna go back to Canopy and add some Christmas spirit in my product. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> awesome. Well. Okay, man. Merry Christmas, Patrick. Okay. You too, Andy. Okay. <laughs> bye. Ho ho ho. <laughs> You want to know the best way to support the podcast? And I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is share it. Share it with a coworker, share it with a family member, share it with a friend, share it with whoever you want to, share it with a construction worker, share it with somebody, it doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, a couple more ways to support the podcast though. Go buy a t-shirt over at designmuch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics. Use hashtag designmuchtopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuch.org slash contact and fill out the form. 